I'm Woody Huffines, and this is the Owner's Voyage Podcast, a journey to business ownership. In this podcast, we'll talk about how to make that journey more fun, more rewarding, hopefully more profitable, as well as tips for staying away from potholes, dead ends, traps, and washed out bridges. We'll hope you join us. Welcome to Episode 20, Mental Models. Mental models are tools that we use to examine or think about the world in some modeled way, kind of a representation or a pattern or a recipe, if you will, for how you would look at the world. If you have a core understanding of your mental models and how you move through the world and how you look at the world and how you think of the world, you'll make better decisions because you understand the model that you're putting on that reality. Remember, we were talking about in your corporate life, if you have a squeaky chair, you call facilities, and if you have a broken computer, you call IT, and if you got an employee problem, you call HR, and if you have a contract to look at, you call legal, and you formed a mental model that says that you need to call facilities, IT, HR, or legal. As a small business owner, you are facilities, IT, HR, and legal. So the mental model that you have for what it is that you do and how you do what you do and how you fit into your reality is a model. It's a representation that you use to understand the world. And you have to adjust that mental model to be successful. You have to adjust that mental model unless you have lots and lots of money to experiment for a long, long time to stumble on things that work. So for the next couple episodes, I'm going to talk about mental models and mental models that I find and have found to be particularly useful. They help me put a handle on problems that you can grab a hold of them and turn them over and look at them and keep control of them in terms of the mental model, which makes them easier for you to understand. The mental model we'll talk about today is called the OODA loop, O-O-D-A, or the Boyd loop. The whole concept of the Boyd Loop was invented by John Boyd. John Boyd was an Air Force pilot. He flew uh, in Korea and then subsequently was at the Air Force version of Top Gun. There's a book about him that's a really good book. It's called Boyd, the Fighter Pilot Who Changes the Art of War, Who Changed the Art of War. In his time, <laughs> Colonel Boyd was known as 42nd Boyd, Genghis John the Mad Major. Uh, he was also called the Ghetto Colonel. He very lived a very ascetic life, ascetic lifestyle. He didn't have a lot. There was never met a general he couldn't anger. He was rather abrasive, almost always profane, and didn't suffer fools gladly. But the thing was, they called him 42nd Boyd while he was teaching at the Weapons Fighter School for the Air Force because he would put himself in a disadvantaged position in a dogfight situation, and in 40 seconds, he would have shot you down. The first thing that he brought to the analysis of air combat maneuvers or dogfighting was that it's all about energy and position. If you understand how much energy the aircraft has and you understand how much energy the opponent has, and by energy I mean speed or turning capability, and you understand what the position is, there's only a limited number of things that, that an airplane can do in a certain configuration. He changed the, he changed the concept of dogfighting or air combat maneuvering to understanding what your opponent was, to understanding what, condition your opponent was in in terms of his energy how fast was he going was he turning was he climbing was he was he was he descending what was he doing and if you understood his situation and you understood where he was in an energy if you will 
uh, configuration, then you could understand what he could and could not do. And if you understand what he can't do and what you can do, then you can do what you can do to put him in a bad position and shoot him down, which is why he was called 42nd Boyd. He categorized this into what he called the Uda loop. And a lot of people now call it the Boyd loop. And it's been very influential in business and in litigation and a bunch of different places. In fact, he had a lot to do with uh, Gulf War One. He uh, he used a lot of his theories and a lot of what he thought about uh, in terms of a decision loop to inform the strategy that uh, General Schwarzkopf, as well as the Joint Chiefs of Staff, put together to defeat the Iraqis in 36 hours or 48 hours or whatever it was. So let's talk about the OODA loop. OODA is O-O-D-A, which is observe, orient, decide, and act. Let's break them down one at a time. The observe step is observing reality without a filter. For example, if you think of it this way, the observe portion of making a decision in the decision cycle would be to look at a videotape of what happened. If you look at a videotape of what happened, that is a captured reality, and it is a naked reality without interpretation. Now, it's very difficult, we'll talk about this in a minute, to separate interpretation from observation, but that's the first thing that you do, is you observe that objective reality. Now, part of that observation means that you need to understand the nature of the observing. No observation is absolute truth because the way that you observe misses details. For example, if you watch a magic trick, you can watch the magic trick and you observe but you might get fooled because your attention got diverted from one reason or another. So observation is looking at, through as few filters as possible, what the reality is on the ground, if you will. The second piece of the OODA loop is the orientation piece. And the orientation piece means that you orient what you have observed into a model that is made up of your cultural biases, it's made up of your genetic capabilities it's made up of new information it it has uh, your previous experience baked into it your biases possibly wishful thinking on your part you take this observation and you orient it to an understanding of what the situation is so you have the observation then the orientation so now you have a taste or a feel for what's going on and you have made some judgments about what's going on in terms of these filters that you have that we all have that we apply to those observations and then you decide you decide what action to take given the observation and the oriented piece of that observation and you decide to act and that's the last thing that you do in the OODA loop that's the A is act so you've observed, you've oriented, you've decided, then you've acted, and that gives a feedback loop. Because when you act, it creates a new reality. And since it creates a new reality, you now have a new thing to observe and a new thing to orient against. And then you will have a follow-on decision. That will lead you to act that will go back into this OODA loop. And it's a continuous loop. It goes on all the time. And we are not necessarily aware of our observations, our orientations, or when we decide, because sometimes the decide is decide not to act instead of deciding to act. And it's that loop. And that mental model 
of let me observe, let me orient, let me decide, let me act. If you start segregating that and get good at it, and it's as I said, it's very difficult to segregate the observation from the orientation because as you observe something, you put meaning to it based on your experience or you put meaning to it based on how intelligent you are or you put meaning to it because you've got certain biases. And understanding that orientation step and breaking it out gives you a mental model for making decisions. Then the decide part leads to action or maybe inaction. So how do you use this mental model? Well, you use this mental model to help you decide and act. You use this to sharpen your ability to observe, to understand how you're orienting, make better decisions, and then monitor them after the action is taken place to put them back in this loop. One of the things that you hear, you know, in, in war movies or, or, or in dogfighting movies or um, there's a number of different places in, in business you'll hear about, well, and we succeeded because we got inside their, their decision loop or we short-circuited their decision loop. And that's why Colonel Boyd was called 42nd Boyd. He would get inside the decision loop of the opposing pilot. He would know what he was going to be forced to do because Colonel Boyd could observe and orient faster, make a decision, and act faster. And in business, that's become increasingly important. For example, the COVID-19 crisis, which has caused a great deal of upset in the business environment. The people who could observe what the reality was on the ground and what the reality was for their business orient that observation based on what the reality on the ground was and what their capabilities were by looking at what their biases were and checking their biases at the door and then making a decision and acting and testing it have done a lot better in this COVID-19 crisis than the ones who haven't. The folks who work through the decision loop faster always have an advantage and it doesn't matter whether you're talking about dogfighting or business. If you can observe accurately, orient effectively, decide quickly, act on that decision, and get new information to run through the loop, the better off you are. And the OODLE loop works not just for business. It works for the way you deal with people. It works for the way you drive in traffic. It works for almost anything in your life. It's a mental model that gives you a way to kind of understand how you're moving through life and what that decision loop looks like how you observe, how you orient, how you decide, and how you act. This is episode 20, Owner's Voyage Podcast, The Journey to Business Ownership. How will you take this mental model and apply it to your problems?